Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the family with co-host Catherine Brandt and Andy Brandt Bernard. Special guest, Dr. James Bell. Is that correct? Yeah. Doc- Jim Bell. Jim Bell. Dr. Hi. Jim Bell. We'll be talking Hubble Telescope right after this with Dr. Bell and the family. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Well, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful. No question. You know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? (laughs) And I just had no answer. (laughs) He just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state, so we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. Engines, transmissions, all the really expensive stuff is covered. In addition, Walzer Care includes 24-hour roadside assistance. Lock your keys in your car, run out of gas, have a flat tire. Guess what? Walzer has your back. The best thing about Walzer Care, it's free with purchase. That's right, I said free. So, if you're shopping for a new or used Subaru, Honda, Nissan, Mazda, Toyota, Buick, GMC, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, Hyundai, or Chevrolet, see my friends at Walzer. And get Walzer Care for free. We are on the air, ladies and gentlemen, our very, very special guest. The definitive book on the Hubble Space Telescope, written by noted astronomer Jim Bell. How are you, sir? Good. Good morning, Tom. How are you? Well, I just, uh, because of uh, because of shelter in place, I'm doing the morning show from the studio and a podcast from the studio. So it's been... Jim, it's been a little hectic, I will tell you that. Yeah. Technical difficulties. You know, it's really weird, and I, I know you've only got five minutes, and I apologize it just because we're trying to figure all this stuff out. So thank you for your patience on this. But I uh, sit in this studio, in this building. This building probably holds, I don't know, oh, it's about 20,000 people. At 5 o'clock in the morning, I'm in this building by myself, and it feels <laughs> really weird. I'll tell you that. It just feels very, very odd. 
Uh, the Hubble Space Telescope is turning 30 years old on April 24, 2020, achieving its 30 years, uh, 30th year in orbit. I can't believe it's that old. I know I can't either. Hubble. Hubble seems like it was about 10 years ago, uh, yeah. Dr. Bell. Um, yeah. I, I just you're one of the foremost ex, uh, experts on the the Hubble Space Telescope. It was 30 years ago. I cannot believe that when the, so 1990. You know the idea. The idea of it goes back to the 1940s. Really thinking about putting a, a big telescope into space. And, you know, they were building big telescopes on the, on the ground, on the mountaintops around then. And, uh, you know, they realized that they could rocket scientists know that those telescopes were at the whim of the weather, right? I mean, they're clouds and wind and rain and snow and smog and city lights. And all these are challenges to telescopes on the ground. And so astronomers wanted to figure out how to get one of those big telescopes out into space. And and Hubble is a big telescope. It's the size of a, of a tour bus. With the, the mirror is eight feet across, so it's a big telescope. But in the 40s and 50s, there was no rocket technology or computers or electronics, solar panels. It, it was a dream for 40 years. And then finally, by the 80s, that dream became a reality because the, the rockets, the space shuttle, the technology, the electronics, computers, solar panels, uh, digital cameras, all that was, was becoming possible in the 80s. That's when NASA finally put it all together, got it on the space shuttle, and launched it in April of 1990. It is so great that you're on with because I've always wanted to ask a scientist this question, an astronomer this question. Has the Hubble Space Telescope picked up something in space you wish it hadn't picked up? In other words, you wish you didn't know it was there? Is there anything like that? <laughs> I haven't had that experience. Good. I, I am delighted and amazed by things that I see that the telescope is taking pictures of. Uh, now, that's not to say that every single thing that we thought we'd see is what we saw. There have been all kinds of surprises. Whenever you open your eyes mm -hmm. at new resolution or at new colors, you know, you're, you're going to see things you didn't expect to see. So I, I've used Hubble to look at Mars, for example study the famous dust storms of Mars, and we ended up seeing these crazy spiral water ice cloud storms oh. come off the polar caps. We weren't expecting that, and uh, but it was the resolution and, and fidelity of Hubble that allowed us to see that. So, you know, whenever you open up new eyes, you get new visions. Well, you, and scientists love that. Those are great. Oh, yeah. When you book time on the Hubble telescope, how much can you actually get? Because I imagine it's pretty... Uh, pretty precious to a lot of people. Uh, you, yeah, you don't book time. You compete for it. It's a fierce competition mm. among astronomers. Even 30 years in, it's, uh, there are astronomers ask for something like five times more time than is available on the telescope. So <laughs> you have to write a proposal, and it has to be defended against a panel of scientists and engineers, oh, and they geez. try to pick it apart and shoot it down. And it is hard. It is really, really challenging. Because it's the best in the world. Yeah. How, what? How long is it supposed to last? It's amazing that it's worked this long <clears throat> yeah. to me. Yeah, that's a great question. And you know, there were five space shuttle missions that that serviced and repaired and upgraded the telescope from '93 to 2009. And so that last one was in 2009, and there's no space shuttle anymore, so we can't upgrade. Oh, that's right. Everything's more than 10 years old. Uh, so at some point it'll stop working. There's moving parts and sensitive electronics. Mm -hmm. We don't know. It could be a year, five years, ten years, tomorrow. We don't know. I uh, I use the analogy that, you know, I, I I love my toaster. It makes great toast. <laughs> the 
I try to clean my toaster every once in a while. I don't dump coffee in my toaster in the morning. I treat it carefully. But someday, my toaster's going to stop working. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be a sad day. And uh, someday, the Hubble Space Telescope will stop working. It is just a machine. Uh, luckily, NASA's working on a replacement called the James Webb Space Telescope. It's being, going through final building and testing right now. And it'll be launched within a year to 18 months. It's hmm. much bigger than Hubble, much more sensitive. It'll be out in space. Hopefully they'll overlap and work together for a while, and then when Hubble finally goes, Webb will be NASA's main space telescope. Does it worry you that it will be so advanced that it will break <laughs> more? Yeah, <often>? really. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, everything that goes into space has that worry, everything. Yeah. yeah. It could be a communication satellite, uh, space station, uh, lunar lander, a Mars rover, whatever. Uh, we all worry about that stuff all the time. So, yes, I do. Yeah, the more <laughs> parts, the more failure points. Yeah, that's what I'm worried. Yeah, that's very I'm complex, right. and very complicated machines, mm -hmm. and it's, it's amazing to me that they do work as well as they do, and for as long as they do. Uh, Jim Bell has a hard out right now, unfortunately. Huh. I'd love to reach out, and uh, we apologize for the delay uh, getting up and running here. Blame it on COVID-19. It's, it's COVID's fault. <laughs> but uh, we'd love to reach out and have you on again, Thanks sir. For Thank you. Me on. I do appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. We'll be back with the family. Tom Bernard here with CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always a pleasure to be with you, Tommy. So you're splitting the tab at lunch or pitching in on a gift for a coworker. Maybe you got to pay that football pool entry fee and you need to settle up now. What do you do if you don't have cash on hand? You could use one of those third-party transferring services that comes with fees and takes days. But how secure are they? Why not send money quickly and safely with the click of a button without the hassle of a middleman? What's the answer, Michael? The XCheck app, brought to you by your local community bank. It's safe, secure, and simple to use. The XCheck app. Simply add a new contact by entering their name, phone number, and email into the app. Enter a dollar amount and then initiate the transfer. To accept the payment, the contact simply enters their bank information through a secure link sent via text or email. XCheck. Safe and simple from my banker, North American Banking Company. A better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself, and with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you, just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. That's too bad we had uh, such a short time with Dr. Bell. That's fascinating to me. Well, again, it's a situation where I, I have to do the morning show from here. I can't use the same equipment to do the morning show that we use for the podcast. So everything has to be switched over. And it's just it's going to take a couple of days to figure out exactly the smooth way to do that. 
<clears throat> unfortunately. Well, that's just the way just, it is. Yeah. Well, anytime somebody messes with anything. Well, I tell you, I don't know problems. about former President Obama. He's really gotten out on a limb out here. He's taking a huge chance. What did he do in now? Endorsing Biden. <laughs> oh, he finally did. He finally endorsed them. Well, today he's going to, I guess. He's uh, either he already has or he's going to today. But uh, yeah, here's a guy that uh, waits until there's no one left to endorse but him. Well, maybe it's because uh, Biden also just announced that he's going to. Um, align with uh, Bernie Sanders. Of course he is. And Bernie Sanders will be in charge of all kinds of different things if Biden's elected. Look, I'm not... So they're getting all that base back to Biden. I am not plugging anyone. I am not asking you to vote for anyone. You don't want to vote for Biden. You want to vote for Trump. That's your business. I'm just... My impression is, and I don't have a favorite in this deal. I haven't decided what the hell I'm going to do yet. But I got to Trump will eat Biden's lunch in these debates. You think so? Yeah. I just, there is no way Biden can can hang with him. No I don't way. even really pay attention to either of them. In fact, the first time I heard Trump speak at length was about a week and a half ago. Oh, really? Uh, and even I know that yeah, Biden is not really an eloquent person. No, he's not. It's like George Bush. He was not an eloquent person. Right, right. But he had, like, the folksy, you know, gee whiz, down home aesthetic, which people liked. Joe does not really. No, he didn't have that. He He's just, like, kind of... He just... People look at him and they think, oh, that poor old man. And that's not how you get elected. I just don't know what's, you know, this whole sexual harassment thing with Biden, how that's just going to be swept under the rug. I don't I don't get that. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know about that either because it's a situation. What is the difference between what happened with Blasey Ford and Tara Reid? Not that Tara. The, well, I don't know why she goes by Tara Reid because there already is a Tara Reid. Yeah. But she does. But she she goes so far as to say that he inserted his fingers in her and the whole deal. Mm. That's a lot to make up, don't you think? Or maybe not. I don't know. Well, either they both have to be taken. They have to be taken with the same level of scrutiny. Which whether they're or not. not. Whether or not it's, you know, instantly believe everything ever, they both say or don't believe either of them immediately. <clears throat> you have to treat them the same. But that's not what people are doing. If I like the guy, then obviously he's innocent and she's lying, even though, you know, two years ago I was saying believe all women no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are concerns about that. <clears throat> you know, people are, have made lots of claims that are not true. And I really wish, Catherine, what do you think about that as a woman? Women doing that to other women, making stuff up, thereby harming the credibility of all women some people i know it's it's difficult it's so hard to because i mean i i think all every woman alive has had a guy act like a jerk you know at work or whatever or you know or worse not just act you know it's right. like just leave me alone right just right. leave me alone um and i mean i know a lot of women have had problems with not being believed before and mm-hmm. and, and so it was just like it was like oh finally somebody's listening right but then there are a lot of guys that would be a target. And there are a lot of women that would take advantage well, of that. Well, if you've that. got money, so there I, are people I was, that would go I was always you, yes. like, you just have to have due process, and that's all there is to it. Mm-hmm. You just have to. Because you can't, you can't just go running around accusing people of things that are going to ruin their lives if it didn't happen. I mean, 
unfortunately, I mean, if somebody's behind closed doors and being harassed, you don't have a lot of evidence, right? Yeah. <clears throat> right. So well, it's just really, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult situation for everybody. Well, as you know, you and I have talked a lot about this. I am completely uncomfortable this day and age to be around just me and one, a woman. I am not comfortable with that at all anymore. I used to be very comfortable with it. It was like, hey, you know, that's cool with this, that, the other thing, whatever it is. It makes me really uncomfortable now to be around uh, a woman I don't know, and, and it's just her and me in a room. I don't like that at all anymore. Well, no. And, I mean, I don't, I don't blame you at all. And it's... You, you might even think it might be tempting for somebody to make something up. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, like I said, if, you, if you've got if some dough, yeah. you're a target. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. People and money, they, they, all they see is the money. Well, you don't even need money. One of the most striking comparisons that I rarely see made, even though I think it's uh, you know something that even the most progressive of people wouldn't be able to sweep under the rug, is... So they say that, you know, why would any woman lie even though if there's money in it for wow. them? Well, are you saying that, you know, 100 years ago when they were hanging black men for whistling at women, are you saying that every time they deserved it because the woman was telling the truth? Yeah. Or did she perhaps lie at some points? That's a good point. I mean, it, it's all... Because either you're saying that, you know, every woman who said that a black guy groped her you're saying that all of those black guys did, in fact, grope her, or it's possible for women to lie. And I think one of those is much more likely than the other. Well, I look, I mean, I've, I've witnessed, you know, women and men. I've actually witnessed men lying the fact, about the fact that they were groped by other men. And they, they were lying. Hmm. You know, but again... If you can sue somebody. Well, look what kind of level people will lie for some attention. Yep. I mean, look yeah, at Jesse Smollett. I mean, I my know. God, that's really. What a pig that I mean, he's not of banned from Hollywood for life and, no. uh, you know, in, in jail and having. I mean, he that was really a horrible thing to say that somebody put a noose around his neck yeah. and did all the stuff that they. I mean. And what would he have gotten out of it? Just basically. People would have seen him as a victim, and that would have given him power. That's it. He doesn't need to make money off of it. People are always like, oh, well, if they're not making money off it, then why would they do it? Well, there's other kinds of power. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's very true. I mean, I just was ta- I was just on Twitter today. I was, you know, I scroll through it just to catch up on stuff going on, and all these people are mine. My mother just died three seconds ago of COVID. It's mm-hmm. like, is that the first thing you're going to do? Is tweet <coughs> out that your mom Go died online. of COVID? No, yeah. not me. I I wouldn't be doing that. You know, I just you, you know that BS. Yeah. You know, thing. You're just like, sure, of course. Yeah. You know, if your mom just died, that's the first thing you're going to think of. Is I've got to tweet this out. Yeah, I better get on Twitter. You're not going to spend five seconds crying before you. You know, you, you're six seconds later. You could tweet. It just so. Disingenuous, and you it just is. think, um, yeah, you know, are they doing? People will do almost anything for likes and followers. Mm-hmm. So it just—I don't know. We just live in a very, very confusing time. Well, it's not only confusing, and and maybe you guys can answer this for me. I don't ever remember a time when people don't care at all if they ruin someone's life. 
I don't remember this happening. Oh, yeah. To it, make a point? It's been happening yeah. for quite a while. Well, I'm sure it has, but I mean, it's there easier are people, they to just do now. Don't care if what they're if they can benefit, if it even ruins your life, they don't care. No. How because do you not they, care about Because that? their point and their uh, point of view is more important than anything else. So the fact that they made money off of your misery and destroying your life, that's okay with them. Mm-hmm. Well, how old is the song Dirty Laundry? People yeah. love it when you lose. It's been yeah. happening forever. That song's about 40 years old, isn't it, I think? And I have a feeling it's been going on a lot longer yeah. than It that. has, but it's it has. everywhere now. I mean, seriously, it's easier people, now. It's, it's easier way now. That's easier true. I don't now. think it, people are more inclined to do it, but I think they are more capable of doing what they already were inclined to do. Andy, let me ask you a question because Mom and I watched a show the other night that was really, really good. This whole thing—do you think they, in some way, in our in our school systems—not all our schools, and certainly all not the great teachers—but do you think there is a psychological form of phantom pain? You know how if you get your arm cut off, you can still feel your left hand because your brain still thinks it's there? The connections are all still there, yeah. Yeah. Is there a way to implant in someone through suggestion phantom pain Oh yeah, where they actually feel pain that's not even there? When I was a kid, that was like the big controversy is people, well, kids were going to psychologists who were then told to, yep. like, they were told to remember like being raped as babies or whatever. Yep, it never happened. It never happened, but they yep. they insisted it so much that the people started remembering things that yep. never actually happened. That's what I'm worried about with our society currently. Oh, it's already happening. If you see oh, you yeah. see people online oh, yeah. seeing, saying things like, "Oh, this politician, remember when he said we should, you know, murder all the uh, all the presbyterians?" Yeah. Well, he never actually said that, but no. you thought he said it. Because you read something that yep. you thought said something else. <sighs> well, you, yeah, very scary. Well, you see, like I said, I'm, you know, back, you know, I'm keep on mentioning Twitter because I probably look at that more than anything else. Um, it, they, you, you will just have these people just repeat a lie over and over yep. and over, yep. like 15 times on, you yep. know, on their little yep. however many characters they can do, and they just keep retweeting and retweeting and retweeting, and then all of a sudden it's the gospel truth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And nobody's ever going to question it because you just get that lie out there enough, and that's it. People will not ever think that it's a lie. They just won't. No, that you're absolutely right. We, we, have, we talked about the Dunning-Kruger effect as well. Um and I, that was pretty interesting. Andy, did I talk to you about that, the Dunning-Kruger effect? Yes. I thought we had talked about that, but it's pretty fascinating when you look at the situation. The The people most susceptible to the Dunning-Kruger effect right now are college sophomores. Yes, I don't doubt that at all. <clears throat> yeah, they're college sophomores because they think they're a lot more <clears throat> competent and a lot more intelligent than they really are. Right. Because they've been told they are, so they started to believe it. Mm-hmm. So they think, oh, I know everything. Even though they're only 20 years old and their brain's not even close to being fully formed yet. Yeah. They think they know everything. Well, in order to know what you don't know, you have to know a lot. Yeah, that's right. That's the problem. That's a very good way to put it. It's like, you know, if you want to go try to build a house by yourself, you think, oh, well, you know, just staple some wood together or whatever. No problem. It's not until you actually know exactly what goes in you have to know all the different types of screws that go where the types of nails that go where right and once you have that knowledge you then know that wow there's a lot of this that i had no idea and i'm not the expert i thought i was but if your concept of building a house is just 
it's very simple and childlike, then it seems easy. So right. you think, I can build a house, no problem. No, no question. We need to take a break here. We'll be back with the final segment right after this with the family. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Saber and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin, is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. You'll be proud of me. I skipped Don't Stop Me Now to play this. Don't Stop Me Now. What song is that? By Queen. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, God bless him with the movie and all that stuff. Every time I turn on the radio, it doesn't matter what channel, yep. it's Queen. Welcome to the last 30 years. <clears throat> I mean, that that. Um, as soon as that movie was such a big hit, what was the name of that movie again? I forgot. Uh, the Queen, a, the story. Divine, right? Yes. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't remember the name of the movie, but that movie Bohemian was, Rhapsody. There you go. It's called Bohemian Rhapsody after the song. But that movie was so big, was so popular, that Queen is being played, I think, more than ever now. Okay, Tom. Yes. He's promoting a book. We're on the area. Oh. Why don't you just send it to me? And, uh, <laughs> I think I just, cut it mm. off. Oh, God. What a what a crew. I'm sorry. Well, you guys could lead the, the you can, you can, you, Catherine, you can lead the, the interview intro? and I'll just jump in. Uh, I don't have the information. I, we'll be calling it in two minutes. I emailed it to you. I thought you said you did and you deleted it. You just told me you deleted it. No. That's not what I said at all. Yes, it is. You can't delete the emails anymore. You can't delete them at all anymore? That's not good. Oh, did you hear what happened to me, Andy? No. I got an email from Netflix. They said, your account's about to be closed because you haven't paid your bill, blah, blah, blah. So I go on the site, and I'm looking around. I mean, I open the thing, and I'm looking around a little bit. All of a sudden, I noticed it was not from Netflix. It was from Nerflix. And they were asking for a social security My social security number. number. Yep. Fishing. So, you know, the yeah. the lowercase t and the lowercase r look a lot alike. They do because yeah. one's got you – know, one goes across, the other one goes – You're if never you don't look supposed close, to give out your social security well, no. number. Well, I know. But, I mean, it, your brain <laughs> – my brain made me see Netflix when it actually well, said Well, they do that Nerflix. on purpose. Yeah, oh, do. yeah. There's no doubt about it. I, I guess there's, going, there's a ton of – um, cyber fraud going on right now. Yeah, because everyone's at home. Yep. Oh, because, yeah, yeah they are yeah, at so home. So you have to be very to careful. And lots of people are, uh, oh, I'll get, I'll get you t- toilet paper. I'll get you a mask. <laughs> you know, mm. I'll get you whatever you need. I've got a cure. There's a yeah, cure. Oh, a brand new cure. Yeah. Yeah, you bet. You have to be very careful. I got the Mark Divine information, by the way. Thank you. Oh, good. <clears throat> so that'll, I, be, I that'll think, be good. Did I cut off his book title? I don't have Staring any, Down uh, the Wolf, Seven Leadership Commitments that Forge Elite Teams. Okay, it's going to be a lot to remember. And yes, you did cut it off. I'm sorry. So I don't know the name of the book, and I can't remember all that. 
I can remember numbers. You give me numbers, I can remember numbers a lot better than words. Well, he can talk about okay. his book. Staring Down the Wolf. <laughs> Staring Down the Wolf. I can remember that. Yep. <clears throat> I can definitely remember that. Navy SEAL. That's very, very cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah, after watching Midway in 1917, I'm getting like, soldiers are like, <laughs> exactly. soldiers are amazing people. How are we doing, Andy? He's passing them through. Oh, he's passing them through right now? Okay, that's, that'll be good. So we'll have about, what, 11 minutes, something like that, to talk to him? Mm-hmm. That'll work. <clears throat> that'll work very, very well. Uh, thanks for your, for your patience with this whole deal. But anyway, I'm doing the morning show from the podcast studio, and then we have to switch it over to the podcast you know, yeah, part so of it. They brought in this gigantic tower of equipment for the morning show, and it somehow screwed up all the podcast stuff. Yeah, but Andy's got it working really well, thank God. But yeah, all of a sudden it sounds way gonna, better. Yeah, it did. Yeah, yeah. Whatever he did, it's working. Nothing. Well. Uh, no, I think he's might call us. All right, well, we can just talk. We can talk until he does. Talk amongst ourselves. We could talk amongst ourselves and do about a 10-minute interview with Mark Devine, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, what is it called? Chasing the Wolf? Staring Down the Wolf. Staring Down the Wolf. That's what it is. <clears throat> Staring Down the Wolf. Andy, you got you haven't seen Midway yet, have you? You got to see it. Have you seen 1917? I haven't seen that either, no. You got to see it. Yeah? Have you seen The Night Clerk? I don't even know what that is. You got to see well, it. Well, Dad, yeah, I mean... Or, he doesn't normally like um, war movies. I don't normally, no. Because <clears throat> they're all trumped up BS. Well, that's true. The last, up BS. The last one I remember seeing was Saving Private Ryan. So Yeah, that was a good movie. It's been a while. <clears throat> but these two movies, movie 1917 too. and Midway, are great movies. Really good, I think. Well, yeah. Agree? Well, it's, I think it's because they actually draw you into what it was like. Yeah, I think so. And why these people were motivated to do what they did. And they're real people, by the way. They're, yes. Everybody in the movie is a real person being played by a, an actor. Yeah. Which I thought was really cool. I think Patrick Wilson is incredible in it. Woody Harrelson is really good in the movie. I, it's so funny how they made them really look like military guys. Yeah, you know, the, yeah, the stereotypical mil- yep. military guys. Everybody had a chiseled chin. and they the, did. Just the... the Kind of hardened general sort of look, you know. Everybody sort of looked like Patton. <laughs> and Woody Woody Harrelson actually had a full head of hair. Yeah, and it was gray. And it was gray hair. It, it was looked really good. It was interesting to see how they, yeah. yeah, how they just kind of made them feel like real people. Yeah, no doubt about it. But yeah. Dick Best is the guy who's kind of the star of the movie, which is really, really Who is cool. that actor? I don't know what his name is. He had a did did he does he really have a sort of a little bit of a speech impediment or did the guy who know. he was playing have a little bit of a speech impediment? Yeah, that impediment? I don't know. It was really pretty fascinating. They talked about you know how how Japan attacked China. Yeah, you know, the whole rape of Nanking and all that. And, and I didn't know the whole thing that uh, <clears throat> Japan retaliated against China by killing a quarter of a million people because they helped those Americans. Yeah. Yeah, they kept oh, a handful of Americans. There's one scene. There's a guy that says, wow. they, "They always go, how do you always keep your cool so much?" He goes, "Hey, we're all gonna die. It doesn't bother me. I'm gonna die someday." The way he dies is not pleasant. Oh. <laughs> I will tell you that. Whoa. Do you think that's true, or is that for dramatic effect? I don't know, but Jesus, oh, <clears throat> that was a little hard to watch. Oh. God. But yeah, it's a terrific movie. Very, very well acted. It's not 
all pro-America. Matter of fact, it was funded by uh, a bank in, in Beijing. Right. So, I mean, it's not – the Americans and Chinese eventually get along really well in the movie. And Japan, of course – um, but the honor in the whole thing, even when the Japanese Navy realized they were going to lose, the captain and his first uh, went down with the ship. They chose to go down with the ship, which yeah. I thought was really, really cool. We got him. We got Mark. Yep. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you know, I'd like to go through life with a name like Mark Devine, because who can argue <laughs> that you're a great guy if your name is Mark Devine? <laughs> right? I love it. It's a good name. No, I don't have a problem with it, but th- thanks for having me on the show, Tom. Ah, it's a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, Mark knows what it is to lead elite teams, how easily the team can fail by breaching uh, commitments. You know, I could just stop right there after that, Mark, and talk to you for about the next two hours about how it doesn't bother anyone any longer to breach commitment. And I'm not talking about soldiers and sailors, and I'm not talking about service people. People in everyday life make commitments, and they never follow up on them. So I'm hoping we can all learn something by reading your book. That would be really nice. (laughs) You know, you're you're right. That's become the new normal. And part of my message is that that can't continue. You know, it's led to just, you know, a a complete clusterfuck in our society. (laughs) I love it. You know, and, and guess what? This COVID-19 government shutdown thing is a great opportunity, in my opinion. I know people are scared, but, you know, the only thing to fear is, is basically not doing anything and not taking this seriously as an opportunity to really up your game. And I don't just mean, like, by working out a little bit more, but, but really taking a look at your behaviors, the commitments that you make. And, we're you know, we've just become so overburdened with commitment and distract with over commitments and over distraction mm-hmm. that it's no wonder that nobody follows through anymore so just declutter slow the slow down yeah take the right thing seriously and then just let go of all the other stuff do like a 80 20 radio analysis on your life right now and say what can i let go of if it's not a hell yes then it should be a no and what am i what patterns am i doing that are unhealthy, that I can ship and I can commit courageously to move toward health, move toward optimism, move toward that positive, courageous mindset. That's what I mean by Staring Down the Wolf, which is the title of my, my most recent book. Stare Down the Wolf of Fear and Feed Courage and Do Less Things Better and, you know, be authentic again. Let's, and that's what's going to bring out the best in our families and the best in our teens and solve some of these intractable problems that we seem to have, which I think could be solved really quickly mm-hmm. if we had a lot of people just kind of shift into this new way of thinking, this new consciousness. No, I think you're absolutely right about that. As a matter of fact, by coincidence, because I do a, a morning show in town as well, and I talked this morning about two things. My lovely wife, Catherine, and I just saw Midway yesterday. We saw 1917 earlier in the month. But just the things wow. that people yeah. did in that movie Midway, Remember when people were definitely were just committed? They would they would put put their lives on the line to help other people and defend what they believed in. I do you think we'll ever get back to that kind of thinking, Mark? Well, again, I think these things run in big generational arcs, you know. And we're in an arc where things get violent, you know. We're 
the last time we saw this kind of arc of generation was World War II, and so we saw that. And, you know, if it gets even worse from here and we do, you know, somehow have like an actual fighting war, I think you'll see, you know, people stepping up, right? People stepping into their warrior archetype and committing to really, you know, solving these problems. And if it's not, you know, our generation, it'll be, it'll be the younger generation who's like tired of seeing things being done the same way. And they're not going to do things the same way and expect different results. They're going to start doing things differently. So, yeah, I think... um, I think we've all got, that's the human nature. Tom, it's human nature to do that. And it's when you start living contrary to human nature that you get the breach commitments and the movement toward everything being easy. And, mm-hmm. you know, in our culture, it's like literally bought and paid for that mindset. And now we're paying the price. No, there's no doubt about that. And yet by, uh, on the morning show that I do, uh, and then therefore I, I want to mention it on this show as well, we, my wife and I just flew back to town, and whenever we travel, I always go to the bank and get $1,000 in cash to put in my pocket just in case something goes wrong or my wallet gets stolen or whatever. I always right. make sure I have $1,000 on me. Well, we got home, and I just took the, took the money out of my pocket and put it up on, on the, the desk and basically forgot about it for a couple of days. I, you know, a million other things. We just moved, as a matter of fact. So I'm thinking about moving from one house to another and all these, this stuff. Well, this morning I got up to come and do the morning show. So I get up at 4 o'clock this morning, and I'm walking by the counter, and I look over and I see the money. I had forgotten that I put it there. I didn't remember putting it there, but there's $1,000 in cash sitting on the counter. Well... Yesterday, all day long, there were some young workers, 28, 29, 30-year-old workers in our house. They could have stolen that money, and I would have never known it was gone. I mean, eventually I would have gone, what did I ever do with that? I would have blamed it on myself that I lost it. They didn't touch a dollar of it. They could have easily taken that whole thousand bucks. I would have never known it. I would have never known they were the ones that took it. They didn't do it. So there is some honor in younger people. That's a great sign, I think. For sure. Love it. That is a really cool story, and it I is. appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I not everyone's it. bad. I mean, basic human nature is goodness. You know, the, the book title I have is Staring Down the Wolf. You know, what that refers to is the wolf of fear that exists in the mind. And that, mm-hmm. You know, that means, in a very kind of realistic sense, your mind is, is entrained to be negative. It's, it's basically taught through, um, you know, through history or through time to have this negativity bias. They say your mind, your brain is going to be five times as negative as as it is positive. Furthermore, you've got all these stories built up, and the stories become your identity. So you can say that your brain is, not only is it fearful and negative, but it is the, the root of the stories that you build your life around. And a lot of those stories, you know, another way of saying what you said, a lot of the stories that we've lived in the past 50 years or 30 years, whatever, are really broken. They're, they're not good stories. They're not whole stories. They're not, connect, they're not about connection. They're about separation. They're not about um, you know, compassion. They're about greed and consumerism. The whole story of you know, capitalism is shown to be somewhat corrupt and, and you know, really helping just a very few as opposed to everybody. Mm-hmm. Democracy has obviously just been thrown out the window because, like, who voted on being shut down, right, by, right. <laughs> by a flu right. virus? I didn't, you know, I don't know about you. Right. So those stories, the story of money, you know, just got thrown out the window because we just printed, like we made up $4 trillion. Like where in the story, I didn't, I don't remember being taught that that's even a real thing. That you <laughs> exactly. just make up 
the equivalent of our entire economy in one year just by, like, printing money, and what's that going to do? So these stories that we've, you know, that all from our head, and we call that the wolf of fear lives up there. And if you feed the wolf of fear, then that wolf of fear gets stronger until he's just snarling all the time, and you're negative and pessimistic, and guess what? Unhealthy. And then you bring that baggage into your family and the team, and everybody gets unhealthy. We've got a lot of that going on in our society. But the wolf of courage is in your heart. In fact, courage, the French word core means heart. So courage, I like to say we're in the age of courage because we're in the age of heart. And that means, like, everyone's finally recognizing what I just said. Some version of it is not working in their lives. And they, they feel like they want to slow down because they're overcommitted. They're hyper-distracted. And social media kind of running their life. And they get it. They just don't really know what to do about it. So I look at this as an unbelievable opportunity where Mother Earth is just saying, okay, Stop what you're doing, <laughs> slow down, uh-huh. and just pay attention. Pay attention to the, you know, to the birds outside or to the animals. Pay attention to the smog that's lifted over your city. Pay attention to your family and your neighbors who, you know, maybe, maybe they're suffering, you're suffering, they're suffering. Hey, we're all suffering. That's the human condition. All right, Mark, you can finish it by saying, pay attention, Tom, to where you left a 1000 bucks in cash. <laughs> yeah, pay attention, Tom, to how you left that 1000 bucks in cash. Right? Exactly. What are you doing? Mark, we got to have you on again. I'd love to talk to you again about your book, on all your books, as a matter of fact. It's been fun. Uh, I tell you, Mark Devine, ladies and gentlemen, I love the whole idea of the wolf. The wolf can be good or bad, I'm assuming. That's right. Well, fear wolf is bad. The courage wolf is good. There get you out go. of your head, get into your heart, and start stoking the courage. You're a good man. Mark, thank you so much. I hope to talk again really, really soon, sir. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate you and your wife. <laughs> Have a great day. Thanks. You too. I was quiet. I love that whole thing. I, he's a, that's exactly what we need is talk like that. We need to get past this more me now. Me, me, me. It's all about me. Oh, I'm too scared to do that. Show some courage, live a life of honor and grace. What's wrong with that? Because there's a lot of money to be made and not That's doing that. That's a big problem. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. That's going to do it. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. Bye-bye. Oh.